When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a diehard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. He has something called Warnicke's Korsakoff syndrome, and he cannot live by himself. He needs a facility, but he doesn't have insurance, so you have to take him. Michelle. Hey, Carling. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm not great, if I'm being totally honest. Tell me about it. It's been a really hard few days, and I'm still trying to process the news of Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. (gasps) Can I just tell you, I (laughs) I am a little bit upset about it. I didn't even know who they were a week ago. I didn't know who they were. And then we educated you. And now they're And now I'm invested. And why did they break up? I don't know. I think it's because he wanted kids. And I think that she's done having kids. He did like an interview a little while ago about how badly he wanted to be a dad and have his own kids. How many kids does she have? I think she has four. But two two were surrogate. But what's funny is that the same day that Pete and Kim broke up is the same day that Chloe and Tristan's second baby was born. Oh. And so I think they're talking about how breaking the news about Pete and Kim is distracting from the baby news because he's a dirtbag. And yeah, who is Chloe? Tristan. Yeah. Tristan is the father of Chloe's baby. Yeah. Are they together? I hope not. He's cheated on her multiple times. Ooh, who is and this trusting a, guy? He's a loser. He's a basketball player, I think. Ugh. But I think about a month after their surrogate got pregnant, it came out that he had gotten another girl pregnant. I think she's just using him to have another child with the same father. Oh, does but they're not actually together. Yeah. I don't know anything about anything. I know. <laughs> this is why I want to have a pop culture trivia night with you where I yeah. just ask you questions about celebrities and see what you have to say. Yeah, I'm into it. Because I think it would be very entertaining. Yeah. Okay. But to really answer your question, my week was actually really great because I started my new job. I know. It sounds amazing. Yeah. My brain is so tired. It's been a really long time since I've met a lot of new people, learned about a whole new job. Like starting a new job is a lot anyway, but everybody is so flipping nice. That's awesome. It feels just like such a great fit. And I'm trying not to have imposter syndrome and I'm trying not to be like, it's too good to be true. No. Yeah. Because maybe it is just this great. 
Absolutely. I think that there are some jobs where they are good and the culture is amazing and the morale is great. I think it's a good thing. And I also noticed on your stories, you said something about a free coffee. So do you get free coffee when you're there? (sighs) This could be a problem. So the zoo serves Starbucks coffee Mm. and employees get free coffee. Shut up. So I just walked up to the counter and I said, I would like a large iced coffee. And they, and they just, just gave it to you. Gave it to me and I walked away. You know they're going to shut that program down because of you. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to... They're like, it was going great because everyone would have one coffee per day. And now we've hired <sighs> Carling who's going to have four or five. I know. I'm really going to have to give myself a budget of how many... It's because it's delicious and it's free Absolutely. and it's just... We'll see. Stay tuned if you hear on the news that Starbucks <laughs> pulled out of the zoo because... <laughs> They're losing money. (laughs) (laughs) It's because of me. But I did ride my bike to work. That's so crazy to me. When I lived in my other house when I was with Lindy and I worked downtown, I would ride my bike and it was about 10 or 11 kilometers one way, which would take maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I would ride to and from work and I loved it. I just felt energized. It was like exciting. It was refreshing. And when I got my job at where I just left, it was so far away. Biking wasn't even in the realm of possibilities. The zoo to where I live, it's not as far, but it's farther than when I used to bike to work. So Lindsay is so lovely. And on her day off on Tuesday, she got up with me and we rode together because I didn't want to get lost because this happened. Yeah. This is a thing I do. We rode and it's 25 kilometers, which is 15 and a half miles for our... That's too many kilometers. Amer- it's a lot of them. It, it took an hour and 40 minutes because like, we stopped a lot. A, because I couldn't breathe. B, <laughs> because we took a wrong turn or had to reroute and look at a map. But I think I could get, I could condense that down. If yeah. I could get it to like an hour, 15 minutes, that's awesome. I will not ride home. There's a lot oh. of uphill on the way home. A little lazy, but okay. <laughs> I will tell you that when I lived and worked in the same town just a couple months ago, I was probably like a kilometer away and I wouldn't even bike that. Well, how is your week? Meh. Yeah. Not the greatest. All right. That's valid. You don't always have to have great weeks. Yeah, a lot of mental health stuff with myself and kids. And I will tell you that I would take four toddlers and maybe throw on top of a new throw on top a newborn. You should never throw a newborn. No, you shouldn't. Place carefully uh, place a newborn over a teenager right now. Yeah, thirteen is hard. It sucks so much. I was thinking like when I had newborn twins a two-year-old a five-year-old and a seven-year-old that was probably the hardest time of my life I was wrong it is now it is now and eventually I'm gonna have five teenagers send your thoughts and prayers and your grocery gift cards to me (laughs) I think that it should just be socially acceptable to ship your 13 year olds away for three to five years. Let me tell you this. This is going to sound controversial, but 13 year olds are too woke right now. When we were 13, our parents would yell at us, slap us upside the head. Can't do that anymore because your kids call you out. I'm like, I'm just expressing my displeasure with you. And I will tell you, 
I understand my child is obviously grieving and has lost a parent and I don't know what that's like. But then there's just the typical BS that it's just like, come on, you don't know everything. Yeah. So it's a little exhausting right now, to be honest. Yeah, that's awful. I just think that on your 13th birthday, somebody should come and get you and take Mm -hmm. you to a facility better equipped to handle your sass. Like a Hogwarts situation. Yeah. Anyway, but then today I was like, they wanted to know what movie they should watch. And I was like, oh, you should watch Romeo and Juliet because I love that movie when I was that age. Yeah, with Claire Danes and Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that like I discovered my love for Leonardo DiCaprio watching that movie. The funniest part, though, was that they're like, oh, yeah, I'll watch that. And then they came out five minutes later and were like, what is this movie? <laughs> because it's completely done in Shakespearean language. Yeah. I literally, when I tell you I watch that movie every single day for my two-week winter break, oh, I watched it every single day. Oh, my God. I know. All the words. <laughs> I just remember the part. Are they at a gas station? And they're like, mm-hmm. do you bite your thumb at me, sir? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I bite my thumb at you. And I was like... <laughs> Don't you dare bite your thumb at somebody. Don't you dare bite your thumb. (laughs) We have a button on our Instagram that we never really talk about. If you go to the link tree and it shows you all these buttons and it's called buy me a coffee. We never talk about it because we're the worst. I don't know. We just are bad at advocating for ourselves. It is this really cool website where if you want to send somebody some love or support somebody on a one-time basis because there's like subscription services and all this stuff, this is just like a one-time thing and it's called buy me a coffee. And we had two people in a two-week span buy us coffees. I know. It was so nice. So Katarina from Germany Uh and Lena from Calgary from Calgary (laughs) bought us some coffees. And it's like, what a, it's always a surprise. And it's so nice because you wake up and you've got this email saying like, Katarina sent you coffees. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. It is just wild to me that we're like the little podcast that could because well and I think like what you said it's it's an alternative to Patreon if you don't want to have yeah. to pay for a monthly subscription you don't necessarily want more content or whatever but yeah. you do want to support the work that we do sending us a couple coffees is just the sweetest thing and we just appreciate it every single time yeah it's really nice yeah on that note we should talk about our patreon yeah we have a patreon and it's a monthly subscription (laughs) surprise we've probably never talked about it before the way i tell people is it's it's probably like the easiest way to financially support the work that we do Mm -hmm. but as a thank you you get like a whole slew of benefits so you get two extra episodes a month depending on your level you might also get an episode called wet wednesday which is a third bonus episode you get entered into draws you get shout outs you get discounts off merch we just launched our new merch store it's awesome get in there do it do it i feel like we need to have i don't know like ad music whenever we start talking about our patreon like how they do on let's go to court like music starts playing that could be it that could, i'll just do that option. every time you start talking about the patreon <laughs> you just Except, what if me I just, and i'll do it i like that don't talk too long because i'll run out of breath or your beatboxing is gonna really improve maybe yeah so but, far i can only do the yeah yeah start practicing okay Today's episode is with Bailey. Bailey's the best. Oh my God, I love her so much. 
We had so much fun chatting with her and she's just, what she's doing for her family is incredible. Yeah. I want to interview Audrey because she also sounds lovely. Amazing. Just as a whole, the whole family, I just want a supportive partner. I do call me crazy, but I love myself a supportive partner. (laughs) I'm more partial to the unsupportive partner. (laughs) Oh, excuse me. My light just fell. You just slapped me? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Okay, let's get into it because I know that everybody's been so excited about this episode. Totally. Let's do it. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello, Bailey. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Uh, I, I like how before we could start, I had to inquire about the cat behind you because <laughs> that was like more important than officially starting this podcast. There's, there's always a cat around us somewhere. We have four of them. So oh, that's awesome. Oh, been so excited to talk to you. I've been following you on TikTok for I feel like a long time. And then it's like, I always have to like, wait for this moment of bravery where I'm like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to message them. What are they going to say? And I like did it. But then I messaged you from my animals Instagram account. And like, as soon as I hit send, I was like, oh no. And then I was like, please hold. I will message you from the actual account. So. I loved it. It actually drew my attention, the dog messaging me first, because I was like, huh, what's this about? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Amazing. Why don't we have you introduce yourself? Maybe tell us a bit about you, and then we'll get into how we found you and what we're going to talk about. Yeah. My name is Bailey, Bailey Rose K on the TikTok, and mm-hmm. I really just have... Honestly, it's always been an ongoing joke with my friends and family that I've always just wanted to go viral on TikTok, actually. And so when it actually, I don't know what made me decide to post a video of my dad. I remember I was laying in my bed. It was like 1030 at night. And I was like, you know what? People love a sad story on TikTok. Like people love to cry. (laughs) Like I was laying in my bed crying to TikTok. So I was like, I already had, I had the ultimate, I feel sad story going on. And I, so I just decided, Hey, let's go ahead and post this video. Let's see what's going on. I really didn't think it was going to get a lot of views. I had 200 followers and then like within 30 minutes, it had 15,000 likes. And I like oh looked over wow. and woke her up out of her sleep. And I was like, Audrey, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning it had 3 million views. I had 80,000 followers and Oh my everybody, God. Yes. Everybody just wanted to know my dad and my story. So I'm really just a full-time caregiver for both my mom and my dad. My story, people really notice me for my dad. Don't even realize that I'm a whole caregiver for my mom as well. I started wow. with her two years ago and we are just, I just, I call it my little nursing home over here, just, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Did you become a caregiver because your parents needed caregivers or were you in a profession of caregiving first? Oh, no. I worked at Target. I was working at Target. My mom was already a little sick. I was just going in between jobs. I have worked 
with people with developmental disabilities before. And people have always told me I should work in some sort of medical field that deals with either elderly people or people that have some sort of disability because people say I do, I have that voice and I have that tone. And I've always been told that, but I've always been like, I have a hard enough time taking care of myself. I really yeah. need that take care of other people and then my mom she had an accident and then in her accident when she was in ICU her doctor called and was just like your mom with her brain injury like she wasn't awake so they weren't exactly 100% sure what was wrong but they could just see on the scan that there was like significant brain damage and they were like she's gonna need a caregiver she's gonna need somebody to live with her unless you want to put her in a home and I was just like that's not an option so it was immediately like the day it happened we knew what was going to have to happen. And I became a caregiver strictly because my mom got an accident. I would have never signed up for anything like this. Caregivers are amazing. I couldn't imagine doing this for like strangers or people that I wasn't related to. They're the real heroes here. It's crazy. It's awesome. And so your parents are divorced. Yeah, absolutely. And when your mom needed a caregiver, was your partner supportive? Were you like, hey, my mom has to move in Oh, yeah. She was amazing with it. We were actually we were in Wilmington, North Carolina for our one year anniversary. We were celebrating our anniversary, went to the beach and I got a call at about two in the morning from the hospital. And it was my mom's. I don't remember her name, but she was an amazing doctor. And she was like, your mom, her heart stopped. She had no oxygen to her brain. She's not awake. She's not waking up. You need to come now. Something bad. Just basically like your mom is might not make it through the night and Audrey was with me and I was just hysterical and I couldn't even drive and she got in the car she drove she immediately was like okay this is what we're gonna do we're gonna take care of your mom she's gonna come live with us or in this case we had to actually move into my mom's house because she wanted to keep her house and we were living in an apartment so we made the decision to just uproot our whole life that we had made in our apartment with my daughter and everything and move back in with my mom so that she could keep her house Audrey has always been, she has never once given me any inkling that she did not want my parents here. Not one time. Oh, yeah. So we had to propose. Had to. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's so sweet. Lock that down. Um, (laughs) Did you have a close relationship with your mom before her accident? Yes. Yeah, we really did. My mom and I were very close. We just had, my mom was a single parent, all of me and my sister's life. And my dad, he was a commercial scuba diver. So he was out like on a boat, like years at a time and would come back for a couple weeks and then be gone. And so he was not around and my parents were divorced. So my mom had raised us and she did absolutely everything she could to make sure that my sister and I like had everything we wanted and were able to wear nice clothes and go on the field trips and all that. So when I got older and I had a daughter very young, my mom, it's not that I didn't want to be a parent. I just was, I was 19. I was young when I had my daughter. I wanted to do all these things with my friends. I didn't want to miss out. I had recently gotten out of rehab. So I was just, I need to be young. And my mom was just like, I'm going to take the baby. And I lived with my mom and she took care of Lily for me. And she was a parent when I wasn't responsible enough to be one. So she didn't have to be, she didn't have to do all the things she did for me, but she always had my back no matter what. And like, I put my mom through a lot. I was a horrible teenager and I said (laughs) mean things to her. And like, we all have those regrets and stuff that we take advantage of our mom or our dad or whoever the prominent parent is. But my mom and I were very close and she was very close to my daughter 
and they were best friends. And when my mom got in her accident, part of her brain that deals with emotions was damaged. Um. And she just is no longer... She doesn't smile like that. She doesn't laugh. Yeah. That has been the hardest part of all of this is my relationship with my mom. Yeah. Changing. Oh my so, yeah, yeah, we were very close and I love her with all my heart. And of course, I'll always take care of her. But it's it. We just had we talked about it this morning, actually, because it's just hard. I'm having a hard time letting her go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're grieving who she was. And the relationship yes. you had, but obviously you're still being her caregiver because she's still here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You feel guilty. Feel, you feel guilty mourning somebody who's looking you right in the face. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I should love this woman here. And I do love her. I love who she is now. I loved who she was then. That didn't change. But we'll just sit in a room and she doesn't talk. And yeah. 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 You, know, yeah. you go, I knew her for 26 yeah. years one way. And now. It's kind of like I have to relearn who she is. One of the reasons we started this podcast was to like have these conversations about things that are actually happening that a lot of people experience, but nobody talks about like, where do you talk about this stuff? And I can only imagine the people that watch your content and think, oh my God, like I thought I was the only one or I didn't realize that other people have this. That's amazing. TikTok for that reason. I've met so many people that actually like their parents have the same stuff my dad has or my mom or they're going through parents who have suicidal ideations and yeah you really feel really alone and stuff like this and then tiktok you hear how bad the internet is but i've mm-hmm. it's been great to me i was scared when i shared that video of my dad because it got so many views and of course there's always going to be people who don't know what's going on so they're just gonna make an opinion that is incorrect but the outpouring support that I've gotten from everybody is I could have never asked for anything like that yeah absolutely I think that's amazing. We interviewed a girl named Denise and her mom attempted suicide and had permanent brain damage as a result. And she's one of the caregivers for her mom. And she said it was scary putting that out there, but she comes from like a Latin community where mental health isn't talked about. And now she's got this whole world of people and yeah, we need to talk about, yeah, we need to talk about these things. Nothing can prepare you to be in this situation that's going to change your life. And now you're caring for your mother who was always there to care for you. It's amazing. It really is. I couldn't be more grateful for, and then like this, this podcast, that's amazing. And I've been listening to your guys' podcast ever since you reached out and I'll probably cry at every one of them, but (laughs) I mean, it's in some like lighthearted things. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, it's, it's just nice that it really is. I do not feel as alone as I once did. I love that. So your mom, she still lives with you. Yes. And your dad now lives with you. Yes. And they've been divorced a long time. And my dad has always been obsessed with my mom, like madly in love, even after the divorce, like one of those, she's my only love and I will fight to get her back. And my mom's just always been like, Okay, Scott. Like, yeah, yeah, happened, but all right, yeah. all right, buddy. yeah. But yes, yeah, so my dad in January he had his suicide attempt, and he went to the hospital. I went to visit him a couple days after because he was messed up the first few days. So I went a couple days after, and nobody knew what he was a completely normal person before his attempt. So I just went in there yeah. thinking he was going to be embarrassed, he was going to be guilty, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And I go in there and it's just me and him in there. And then they have one nurse because he's on suicide watch. And so it's just us three in there. 
And he's like, oh, Bailey, thank you. Thank God you're here. And I'm like, what's up, dad? Like, how are you? Are you okay? And he's just like, oh my gosh, Bailey, all of these men were just in here. You have to tell Jackie I'm leaving. And I'm like, who is Jack? Who's Jackie, dad? What do you mean? And he's like, what do you mean? Who's Jackie? It's our nurse that we've had for 20 years together. And I'm like, <gasps> what are you, what are you talking? Like, I'm telling you completely normal. Like a, he was an alcoholic, but he was a normal person. Could yeah, do anything. Yeah. And then he's saying this, I look at his nurse and I'm like, who were all the men that were in here? And she takes me out there out front. And she's like, your dad is having serious hallucinations. Like he's thinking that these people are in the room. He keeps calling me Jackie and I don't know who that is. He wow. said it was a nurse that he had. Like I forgot, like in 1980 or something like that. But I don't even think that was real. And so yeah. I just go in there and I'm like, hey, you know what, dad? Like immediately in my mind, I'm just like, just say something to honestly get him to shut up. Like he yeah. was freaking out. So I was like, oh, yeah. dad. Jackie's gone. The nurses are gone. They'll be back. Don't worry about it. And he gets quiet and he's just like, okay, thank you. And then he's his normal self. And I'm like, okay. So just go along with this dude set. This is before I even knew he had no diagnosis. He had nothing. I was just like, all right, just go along with what this old man says and it'll get him to calm down. And he didn't, he looked like he had lost a good 30 pounds because I hadn't seen him in a week when I found him. It was right after Christmas. He was supposed to come over for Christmas and he did not. And that was like the second holiday. He didn't show up for Thanksgiving either. So I was like really mad at him at this point. And I was like, dad, I have an eight-year-old here who expects you to show up and you're not even calling. You're just not showing up. We don't know where you are. So we were fighting and I didn't speak to him for about a week and a half until I found him. And from when I saw him after Thanksgiving, so like probably early December to early January, he looked like he'd lost easily 30, 40 pounds. Like his oh, wow. face was bone thin and his body was thin and he looked just like my brother did when my brother passed away so I was like this is it this is what it is it's gotta be that and they were like nope he has dementia and he has something called Warnicke's Korsakoff syndrome and he cannot live by himself and he cannot be alone and he needs a facility but he doesn't have insurance and he has no money so you have to take him Oof. and was this diagnosis the result of the attempt so they think that he had Warnicke's Korsakoff before and it was just like slowly setting in. And then the attempt due to what he ingested really just kickstarted that. And I don't know if it gave him the dementia because he has alcohol onset dementia. So the right. drinking definitely gave him that. But I think the attempt is what kind of kickstarted that into motion because, you know, he wow. like swallowed a whole bottle of pills. So it was like, I'm not trying to be graphic or anything. I'm just saying no. that yeah. your brain. And uh, yeah. it's so weird how the brain works. Like they'll tell me he'll never make new memories again. And he can, you know, with the dementia, he can't remember his old memories. So he's just stuck in a blank state at all times of like, that's wow. gotta be terrifying. That's what I'm, yeah. And he's scared all the time. And I always yeah. just sit with him and I'm like, dad, I would be scared too. I get it. Yes. Yeah. I get yeah. It. And I always tell him, I'm, I don't want you to not have feelings Dad. I want you to talk about your feelings all day long, but we've got to also try while we're talking about your feelings. We've also got to try and find ways to fix that. Like we cannot yeah, yeah. just talk about it and stay in this sad, scared place. So if you want yeah. to talk about it, we got to work towards ways to get us out of there. And that's where his issues seem to come. And he doesn't like have any hobbies anymore. 
because you know he's, he's just scared all the time so he probably can't think about anything else except where am i who are you what's going on and oh my god because it's a it's, it's one thing to live in the now but to live in the now with no context of where that is because you have no past and no sort of context for the future yeah. he, you know he'll wake up and he'll think the fbi is outside of our door right. trying to shoot us and he's like nobody can leave the house because we'll all die i'm like i'm gonna go and uh-huh. i will not die i'll be back in just a minute you can yeah. sit here with audrey so it's just hard it's hard to oh have him gosh. leave the house because imagine being confused and then going outside and seeing all these people and going yeah. out to even a restaurant for dad is like, whoa. He swears we're yeah. in like 1980. Oh. He's like, where's a cigarette I want to smoke? And I'm like, dad, you don't smoke cigarettes and we can't smoke inside this restaurant. Yeah. This, yeah. That's <laughs> not what we do here. Yeah. And <laughs> is mean, the dementia because of his alcoholism and the syndrome that I can't remember the full name of, are they mm-hmm. similar? Yeah. So they both are pretty much similar, but dementia is, I guess, alcohol onset dementia would be similar to Warnicke's Korsakoff syndrome because they both are brought on by drinking excessively and not okay. like eating. So that's what brings on the Warnickies is a lack of thymine and B12 in your brain. And that's due to not eating like towards the end before my dad's accident, he was not eating food. He was solely drinking alcohol and then orange soda. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like when the hospital is like, listen, you've got to take them. Do they set you up for success? Are they like, here's a pamphlet, here's services, here's support. I wish I had a pamphlet. I wish they would have even given me a phone number. Yeah. Um, It's very much. My dad's been to the hospital multiple times. And the first time I didn't even argue with them. I was like, just give him to me and I'll figure it out. Because I was so scared and shocked and I didn't know. And then I take him back um, because he was, at that point, drinking his own urine and like doing things that were very concerning. And I was just like, this, I, how can I stop him from doing that? So I took them, I took him there and I was like, I don't feel comfortable with him living here. You guys need to figure something out because he is endangering himself here. I can't lose sleep. I've got to sleep. I have a kid here who could, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't. He, there's so many things that could happen. Yeah, yeah. So, and they were quite literally, the hospital told me, if you don't come and pick him up, we will Uber him to your house. <gasps> I was like, you're going to Uber a man who's confused and scared. You're going to put him in a stranger's car and think that he will handle that well. So I went and picked him up. And then this last time when we took him to the hospital, because he just recently got health insurance that I worked to get a Medicaid. And I took him to the hospital because they told me to put him in a facility. He needs Medicaid. So I put him in the hospital to check for a UTI and dehydration because at this point he started getting violent. He started screaming at me. And this is just, that's just not dad. So I was like, yeah. maybe he's, maybe something else is deeper. And that's why. Right. And I took him there and he was fine. He was cleared for everything. He didn't have any UTI, no dehydration, nothing. And then I told him he had health insurance and that they could start looking for places to place him. And then that's when they said, if I abandon him at the hospital, they will call APS on me. And it will fall on me because I'm abandoning him. And I said, nobody, <laughs> nobody said that. Nobody said yeah. they were abandoning him. I'm just asking if you can help me like you said you would. Yeah. And because I don't know what to do at this point, like I'm 28 years old. I know that's an adult, but I've never dealt with anything like this. And no. Listen, I'm 38 and I barely people- know what to do on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. What I'm saying, usually when people deal with dementia patients, they're a lot older and yeah. they've had a lot more 
experience and their children aren't living in the house. And yeah. it'd be different if it were just me and Audrey. But so I brought them back because they were threatening APS on me and they just did not help. I was like, I need a social worker's number. I would like maybe a list of facilities, something. And then turns out I have to get him a whole other insurance. It's just a long process yeah. with our American government healthcare system. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, a whole topic that we could talk about. I mean, the amount of guests that we've had that have struggled with the healthcare system has just been unbelievable. And living in Canada is just so different. It's so interesting because the amount of advocacy work you have to do and the amount mm -hmm. of caregiving and you are trained in neither. Like, it's not like yeah. you had a career oh, as a nurse yeah. and you decided to take care of your, you're just a kid of yes. parents who need care. I was just thrown into this quite literally. Yeah. yeah. And you're just honestly learning as you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's all trial and error. My whole... <sighs> experience with my parents is trial and error and luckily my mom her trial and error is a little easier because she doesn't get angry she doesn't get sad she doesn't get happy mad anything she's just very blunt to the point she'll tell you how it is how she wants it did you have to consult with her about your dad coming to stay with you multiple times me and, and audrey and my mom sat down and had to have multiple talks about it and every time she said no he's not allowed here every single time and i think she does resent me for it and i think she it's definitely put a wedge in our relationship mm -hmm. especially with how much the internet loves my dad they love dad and as i don't blame them because nobody knows him they just see the happy silly go lucky dude on there and i totally get it but I think my mom like resents being on TikTok with me a little bit because she's like, people who love Scott obviously don't love me is like her right. vibe on it. Especially because she went through obviously a marriage and a divorce and all the things. Yeah. And she knows him in a way that nobody else knows him. And she probably dealt with a lot of trauma and yeah, all yeah. these things with him. And I think it's frustrating to her because she can't remember what he did. But she tells me she knows she feels defensive when he's around and she knows she doesn't want to be around him. And like, of course, I remember. And of yeah. course, if she remembered, she would have every single reason to hate my dad. Like That's why yeah. when she gets mad at him and says shit, I do not intervene because yeah. at the end of the day, this is her house. This is her like her life. And she did everything she could to get away from my dad. And now he's back here. Oh, and my by God. No that's so hard. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's so hard and I will sit there and we'll cry. We'll cry about it. It'll make her cry. And my mom doesn't cry because, you know, she emotionally really doesn't, but yeah. she'll cry about it. And she'll be like, I hate him and I want him gone. And I'm like, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so, like, and I do, I feel horrible. Yeah. Because I wouldn't, I'm a big advocate of if a man puts his hands on you, get him out and F him. Even if it is yeah. my dad, I, yeah. that's fine. But he had literally no other option. It would yeah. have been my house or homeless on the street. Oh, and like wow. him the way he is. There's no sort of, I guess if you don't have insurance, you can't put him anywhere. But if, if he literally had nobody to pick him up that day, they would have just sent him away? They would have probably kept him in the hospital longer. But I, do, I know they have like state facilities that mm. usually that's where they put like the homeless population that are sick or people that like can't afford. Mm. That's where they would put my dad. But the wait list for that place is so long that he would probably die in a hospital before. Yeah. Or die oh on the street. Before. And his mom is alive, but his mom is old. She's in a wheelchair. She lives in Arizona. 
she is she has her own mental issues going on so it wasn't an option for him to go and live with her and my dad his happiest place is with me oh. and that's not even <laughs> that's not yeah. even a brand that is truly 100 percent where he is most happy and most comfortable as if I'm there. So wow. I knew that going into it. And when he got sick, I was like, all right, Lily, you're moving upstairs, sis. My yeah. daughter has to go through more things than any of us have, I think. Yeah. 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 And like, you're an only child. No, I do have a lot of other siblings. Actually. Oh. My younger sister is my only full sibling. Okay. Paige, uh, and she lives about 15 minutes away and she helps as much as she can. But I, specifically asked my sister to not be as involved as I am because both of us living this life would be miserable and like she she's in school and she has dreams and she has things she wants to do and I want her to do those things my dad was extremely verbally abusive to my sister and I didn't think it'd be fair to put him on her after everything he put her through so I Paige Feels a lot of guilt because, of course, she wants to help. And especially with me going viral on the internet, everybody's asking, where's your sister? Where's your sister? Can she help? Can she help? Yeah. And she absolutely helps me all the time when she can. But I want her to live her life. And eventually she'll get older and we will probably switch roles. And dad or mom and dad will live with her and then I will be able to continue my life and do my things that I want to do. But I just had the first turn. Yeah. And then my brother David passed away. In 2010, he actually had cirrhosis of the liver. So he drank a lot, just like my dad. And he was 33 when he passed. And that was really, that kind of set my dad in his downward spiral. Then my other siblings are my dad's children. And he burned bridges with them years ago. So they don't speak to him. Oh, that's so hard. It's so hard. And I can't even blame them. I'm not upset with them. I'm not talking to dad because he's their dad too. And my dad didn't speak. And I would never ask them to do that. Just not fair. So uh, some of the videos that I've seen, the very first one that I saw, which I thought was so heartbreaking, but sweet, I guess, in a way was you had said almost every night you have to invite your dad to stay the night, even though he lives there, he doesn't remember And you can't just say, dad, you live here. That'll confuse him more. You know, and it was a video of him saying, Bailey, like, I just, I'm worried. I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight. And you so casually are just like, well, you know, I've got a spare room. If you want to have dinner, you could spend the night. What do you think about that? And is that something that occurs very regularly? Oh, every day I will invite dad in some way to stay the night or stay over for dinner. Because if I don't, Once he sees us like making dinner and he can conclude that it's dinner time, he starts having a little panic attack and he's freaking out. He's like breathing heavy. And when I look at the clock and I see that it's dinner time, I already know why he's breathing heavy. And I'll be like, hey, dad, I'm making dinner. There's plenty. You want to just stay the night and have dinner? And he'll be like, sweetheart, thank you so much. Yes. Yes." (laughs) Like that. And he's, he's never liked to drive in the dark. Yeah. Um, before his accident like, he's just always been like I won't drive at night I won't drive at night so I was like so now I just bring that up because I'm sure he's thinking that in his head like I hate yeah. driving so I'm like instead of leaving at night I have a whole guest room why don't you go and sleep in the guest room and then it just depends on what we're talking about but usually he thinks like we're going to school together the next day or we're going to work together the next day right so I'll be like we'll just drive to work together we'll yeah. just go together and he's like, oh, Bailey, thank you so much. That 
oh my god, you don't know the relief you just gave me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, okay, Dad. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah. It's every day, every day, like clockwork. And I imagine for him, like, I get social anxiety if I think I've overstayed or if I'm not sure if I should be leaving a situation. Mm -hmm. And so I can imagine having that social cue built in of, oh, they're starting to cook dinner. It's getting late. I should go. But then not having any idea of where to go, idea of where to go. And suddenly you're just like, where did I come from? Where would I be going? Mm -hmm. That, that, yeah, that would give me anxiety. That's what I'm saying. I could feel the anxiety that you felt just explaining yeah. it, right? Yes. Yeah, so he does. He just gets it and it's all day and he's constantly, you know, I'll leave him in his room for 20, 30 minutes and I'll go check on him and he's fully dressed in socks and shoes, holding his chest and he's like, I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. And it's because he just sits there and he's just thinking and thinking of all of these what ifs and where am I and how and I just, it's exhausting. I don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how he can do that and still be a smiley, happy, nice person. Yeah. Um, how do you set aside your maybe past relationship with your dad, knowing that he doesn't remember it, he doesn't understand, he doesn't remember maybe the hurt or anything that he's caused you, your mom, your sister? How do you set that aside and just and tell yourself, yeah, just tell yourself, I'm here, I have to care for him, this is the only option, and no matter all the hurt and everything from before this is what I have to do. Like, how do you do that? I simply just love him so much. Yeah. And I've always loved him. And like through his mistakes and through all of the things he did to me and my sister and my mom and my brother, all of those things, I always, I have just been a daddy's girl my whole life. Mm. And like, even when he was just drinking a lot, like he still couldn't you could tell that the dementia was kicking in and I feel bad because I always thought it was just him drinking. And I was like, yeah. dad, you're drunk. Like, why are you acting like this? Mm-hmm. Like sobbing in a grocery store, wobbly walking. And I'm like, oh my God. And granted, he was drunk, no doubt about it. But it was past that. And he would just forget like seeing me. And I'm like, dad, I just saw you yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. how did you forget? We were just hanging out. What are you doing? And it would hurt me. And yeah. if I didn't go to the grocery store with him, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't eat. If I didn't call him to make him eat and he was just so depressed after my brother died and after he lost his job, he could not do it on his own. So my sister and I probably in around my birthday, cause I invited him over for dinner for my birthday and he came and I made his favorite food tacos. Cause I was like, he's not going to turn down tacos. He'll eat. And he didn't eat at all. Not once. And I tried to make him eat and he got sick and he threw up. And I was like, dad, what's wrong? And he's like, I haven't eaten in a week and I just can't uh. eat. Like, dad, you have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And he refused and he would not go. And this was right before Thanksgiving. This was the last time I saw him. And I was like, dad, if you don't go to the hospital and I find you in your apartment, I'm going to be so mad. Yeah. And then I found yeah. him in his apartment. I don't know what it was, but my sister and I knew this was going to happen. So we were prepared and I knew I was going to have to end up taking care of my dad somehow, or I was going to have to say goodbye to him. And I was, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to say goodbye to him. No matter all the mistakes he's made and all of the horrible decisions he has made. And I love him so much. I find it so interesting my dad just died in February and 
I was not my dad's favorite kid, and it was very obvious to a lot of people. Yet when he went into the hospital, he asked me to be one of his permitted guests because of COVID, there couldn't be many. I really struggled with this idea that I found myself in hospice with my dad as he died. I was advocating for this man who never advocated for me, and I was being tender and caring for this man who was never tender and caring to me but like he was my dad and something switches off in my brain and I like of course I was there for him of course well, I held him while he died it's humanity though it's like your humanity that comes out of you and that no matter what has happened to you that this person deserves love and that this person deserves to be cared for at the end of their life and you just do it and you put aside everything yeah. for them it just wasn't even a question it yeah. was yeah. just he needs my help. I will help yeah. as much as I can. And that's why it hurts so much to like, even the thought of putting him in a home hurts. And I yeah. don't want to, and nobody wants to, cause we've all heard the stories of nursing yeah. homes and we all know what it means and what it leads to. And my brother died in hospice and yeah. I understand like how horrible and sad it is. But at the end of the day, like I am an advocate for my parents, but I am more of an advocate for my daughter and for mm -hmm. myself. And yeah, yeah. Both of my parents in there, I it keeps me sane, knowing I just have to think if my parents were in their right mind, they would definitely want me to put them somewhere. Even my mom, right. which I don't have any plans of. Both yeah. of them, if they knew they were being a burden on me or hurting me in any way, they would both want to be gone. Yeah. Is that the yeah. kind of inevitable future for your dad is, is going into a home? Because- Will this behavior just escalate and could lead to be dangerous for himself and others? Oh yeah, his his brain injury will only get worse. He's at the permanent stages of Warnicky Korsakoff. So Warnicky's is reversible. Um, oh. If you're in the beginning stages of it and they can catch it, yeah, absolutely. But it's called Warnicky's Korsakoff, and I'm not a doctor, but this is what the doctors told me is that the Warnicky's part is the reversible part, and then when you have Korsakoff. That's the part oh. that's more They have some sort of medicine that they gave my dad in the hospital that would have reversed it if it could, and it would have brought him back to normal, but since it didn't, yeah, and he was there for two months and it didn't, they were like, this is permanent. Yeah. And how do you Sorry. deal with, I often notice in your videos, he'll refer to you as different people. He thought you guys were going to go to school together once. Was it his birthday or something? Then he wanted to go to school with you. And then one time you said he thought he was your coworker. One time he thought you guys were romantically involved. Yes, he did. Yes, and he did. Do you just always refer to him as dad? Yes. Or are you always introducing yourself as who you are? I never introduce myself unless he is confused about who I am. I just, but I do call him dad all the time. I right. don't call him anything else except for that one time where he was stuck on, and I made a video of it where he was stuck on me calling him Scott because me calling him dad was freaking him out. Right. So I called him Scott that time. But ever since then, I haven't tried to call him anything else. I don't want to. But even like when he thinks I'm his sister and I call him dad, it doesn't even phase him. But it's just he doesn't even have that attention span to focus on what I've said to be like, wait, dad. Then that one time he did when he was like, you keep calling me dad and it's bothering me. But that's the only time he's ever said anything like that. Other than that, yeah. he'll think I'm his wife. He'll think I'm his mom. He'll think 
I'm his sister, his nurse. I'll yeah. just call him dad. And he never says anything about it. Wow. And I just figure that's what I've always called him. I'm not going to change it until he makes me or until like it's a problem. And then maybe if he's confused and he hears me say dad, maybe it will just automatically help him to be like, okay, she's my daughter. You won't have to be confused, but it's all, like I said, just trial and error. I'm sure there will come a time where I'm just going to have to call him Scott. That'll be definitely a change because if I would have called my dad Scott back in the day, that would have been a problem. Yeah. He was very yeah. big. Call me dad. Not yeah, sir, yeah. not Scott, not anything. He hated being called sir because we live in the South and everybody says, yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, right. sir. Yeah. So I tried it one time and he was like, don't ever call me that again. It's <laughs> like, all right. Does he know who your mom is? Sometimes yeah. he thinks my mom is his mom. And actually that's a lot more often. My mom, he'll get upset because I'll have my mom do the dishes or have her do the laundry or something. He'll see her doing it and he'll be like, mom, let me help you. Mom, let me help you. Because in uh-huh. his mind, his mom's like an 80 year old woman. Yes. But like he doesn't even look at my mom and say, that woman's not 80. She's obviously not an 80 year old woman. He doesn't right. even think that. He's just like, oh, that's my mom. Let me help her. And I'm like, dad, she's got it. Because my mom doesn't want his help. Yeah. And yeah. she'll be like, Scott, don't touch me. Get away. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, hey, dad, she doesn't need your help. She's good. She's got it. You just chill. And then he's like, Bailey, I'm going to help my mom if I want. And I'm like, like, it just turns into this yeah. whole thing. And I'm like, yeah. Dad, yeah. I promise you, please don't go help her. Because it's going to, because my mom has definitely, there have been times where my dad will go up to my mom and be like, you know, you look beautiful this morning. And she's literally like, Scott, don't talk to me. Oh, all right. That's how we're starting the day. You know, if she's obviously like really rude, I'll be like, mom, can you tone it down a little bit? I don't have to be like that. But like, I really don't want to overstep that boundary because that's literally the yeah. only power she has left over my dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he lives in her house. He uses her bathroom. He forgets his toothbrushes so he uses her toothbrush and that <laughs> makes her so oh, mad. Oh, God. The amount of toothbrushes we have to replace in this house. Thick. Does your mom have the ability to understand what he's going through? She has the ability to like, she knows the technical definition, but like emotionally, like sympathy and empathy, mom doesn't feel that. So right, right. like when my dad will be like, where's David's upstairs? Tell him to come down for dinner. And she, my mom will look my dad in the face and be like, David's dead. And like, mm-hmm. you know, that sets a whole thing. Cause that's yeah. him yeah. hearing it for the first time every for time, the first right? time. Every yeah. time. Yeah. Every single time he hears oh, it. So God. we just go along with it. The rest of us will be like, oh, David, he's out with his friends or he's good. He's fine. I just try and talk about it as little as possible. And I'm like, Dad, David's good. We don't have to worry about David. Mm-hmm. He's all right. Mm-hmm. He's happy. How do you, you know? decide and- when to go along with it? And when the video that I cried with Michelle over the other day was him asking you about why he lives with you and why he was in the hospital and not having memory. And you were explaining to him in, I thought a really great way what had happened. So how do you decide when you're going to tell him the truth and when you're going to go along with what his current truth is? That's really just goes off of me knowing my dad and knowing what mood he's in Mm -hmm. and what will work best with him. And like Mm -hmm. some days, honestly, it also depends on my mood. Some days my parents have really upset me and they've really pushed me to the limits. And sometimes my dad will be like, all right, let's go to school. And I'll be like, dad, you're 58. You're not in school. Yeah. Go in my room. Like some days it's literally just, I have no patience. That's where the guilt comes in, being a caregiver. Same with being a mom. It's that same guilt of I got mad at them one time and now I'm the worst person ever. 
but yeah. it's like I'm a big advocate for we have to set boundaries and even though we have children and it's hard to set boundaries with them and with our parents and our loved ones that is the only thing that's keeping me sane and able to take care yeah. of them is being like you know what dad you know what mom I have to go in my room because you're pissing me off or yeah. I just need a moment to cry because whether or not I tell my dad the truth or not it's sad having to lie to him all the time and not even that like I feel guilty for lying I just I feel guilty. I just feel guilty that his life has turned into this. And yeah. like, yeah. it's just sad. And I want to always just tell him something that's going to make him happy. But then if he's like, let's go to school. And I'm like, okay, dad, let's go to school. Or, okay, dad, we won't go to school right now. Let's go do something else. And then sometimes it doesn't make it better going along with it. Because then sometimes he's thinking about, okay, what do I need to do at school? When are we going to go? When do I leave? Right. What do we? And sometimes it's yeah. just easier to be like, hey, dad, if you sit down and think about it for a minute, and I'll do the math with him. I'll be like, what year were you born? And he'll tell me and I'll be like, what year is it now? He has no idea, but then I'll tell him and I'll be like, do the math and count how old you are. And he'll do, he'll be like, oh my God, I'm 58. And I'm like, yeah, dad. And if you think about it, do you think there are many 58 year olds in high school right now? Right. And he's I guess you're right. There aren't, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, but we're not in school. And he's yeah. like, why do I think that we're in school? And I'm like, I think it's just a dream. Yeah. yeah just had a bad dream. And then- Sometimes that right there, he'll be like, okay, that makes me feel so much better. Thank you. Right. How do you take care of yourself when you're trying to take care of them all the time? Honestly, people ask me this question all the time, especially when I go live, because I'll be crying on TikTok live, y'all. I just yeah. stop. And they're like, hey, Bailey, you okay? Like, <laughs> you. you all right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, but I'm still learning how mm-hmm. to completely control or not completely but at least not get so angry or I don't get so angry but not have such thin patience is really what I'm trying to figure out but my best way is I've been doing it for two years now with my mom and the best way I know how is after three days somebody needs to give me a break three days is my limit like Paige can you come over here for a few hours or Audrey can you like watch my parents while I go out for a few hours even if it's just like to a movie or to go shopping, just me doing something that I don't have to talk to anybody or even worry about anybody else but myself is what helps me yeah. tremendously. Like yeah. you have to set those boundaries and a support system. I don't know how people would do this without it. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get any backlash about sharing your dad's story because he doesn't understand or doesn't really know what you're doing? Oh yeah. yeah. That's mainly what it is, is people... The only trolls I get on the internet are people being like, oh, this isn't fair to him. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's saying. So you making him apologize is pointless. He's not going to remember it, blah, blah, blah. And to that, like, my dad's still a human. Mm-hmm. And my dad wants to be treated like a human being. Yeah. And when, you know, same way we teach our children and other people who don't know, if we do something or say something that's not right or can hurt other people, we're going to apologize for it. Yeah. Or we're going we're gonna, to own up to our mistakes. I don't care how sick you are. Obviously, if you're in a bed and you can't speak and that's different, fine. You're not even saying words. But my dad, if you walked up to that man and you didn't know anything about him and you just heard him talk, you would not think he is sick. So it's like I put my dad on live one time and he said a really bad word. Not that he was calling anybody names, but he just said it actually as a thing he would not say. He was like, I would never say this word blank. (laughs) Oh no. I was like, dad, some words... Even if you're not saying it to somebody, some words just hurt hearing it. Some yeah, words yeah. you just 
we are not supposed to say because it is just negative all yeah. around. And he and when I told him that, and I told him thousands of people saw him say it, he was like, how can I apologize? And I'm like, here, we can make this video yeah. and put it on TikTok. And you can say sorry. And that way, if anybody's upset about what you said, you were sorry. And if anybody wants to give you shit, I got you because I would have had my dad's back. I would have yeah. obviously been like, this old man is sick. He didn't mean what he said. Yeah. But I think an apology is an apology. And I think if you say something wrong, you should apologize. But people don't agree. People on the internet are big on, oh, your dad's sick and he can say whatever he wants. And I'm like, all right, then we'll just let him say whatever he wants. And yeah. then yeah. let's get to blame. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Do you get criticism for putting him on social media when he might not have the cognitive ability to consent or to really understand the scope of him being I don't want to say on display because that's not the way that I see it but just no, being in your saying. videos yeah wait say that yeah like do, do you get criticism for putting him on videos with such a wide audience when is there debate about whether he can give consent and really understand what he's what he's being part of yeah Absolutely. I do. That's yeah, that's another thing people people are saying, oh, he's not he's sick. He obviously can't give consent, which I do understand because I am technically his power of attorney because he can't give consent. But at the end of the day, like me being on TikTok isn't a medical procedure I'm performing on him. Yeah, it's a way for me to deal with my trauma and what I'm going through in my life. And I asked my dad if I can post these videos and he says yes. And he has deliberately he told me last time I asked him because I told him I ask him all the time and he was like Bailey don't ask me I'm just giving you full permission if you want to post something I trust that you're not gonna post something to make me look bad right I trust that you're not out here to shame me or to be hurtful towards me so mm -hmm. he was like I love you and I know you wouldn't do anything like that so post what you want yeah and that's just where it's at like at the end of the day if I'm gonna post something and it makes my dad look bad. Doesn't that turn around and make me look bad? Yeah. yeah. Since I'm a yeah. caregiver. So why yeah. would I do that? I would never. I'm posting things to bring general awareness to yeah. something that I had no idea about until it happened to me. Yeah. I did not know you could get dementia from drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I did not know that if you don't give your brain enough B12 and thymine and eat food like that, you can literally your brain will stop making memories. Like yeah. my dad's brain was basically like, oh, you're not going to take care of me and you're not going to use me, then I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's how it was. And I understand everything that happened to my dad were because of direct choices he made. But uh, I'm an advocate. But another piece of it is knowing who your dad was before he got sick. And would mm -hmm. your dad want people to learn about this stuff? And would your dad want to prevent this from happening to other people? And so knowing that probably yes, that he would want people mm -hmm. to know that this is what can happen and that he wouldn't want anyone else to hurt like he does. So then you're going to share about it because exactly. like he, he's, he probably wants people to know what it's he like. He does. He yeah. absolutely does. And I've told him like, dad, millions of people have seen your video and have been touched by how you react, even though you don't know what's going on. And I'm like, dad, yeah. like, you are bringing, you and I and mom are bringing awareness to things that people had no idea about. And people are telling me, oh my God, my mom's going through this. Oh my God, this could happen to my dad. Now I know the signs. And it's like, yeah. we are single-handedly bringing awareness to something that could help save lives. Yeah. So I do not care 
I do not care what people negatively have to say, because at the end of the day, they can talk all this crap about me and then they log off their phone and they go lay in their bed and chill at home. And I'm here wiping ass or sorry. Yeah. You're doing something. Oh no, that's fine. Yeah. And how, no, but it's true. And there it's incredible. The amount of things that we don't know as people, things that can happen to you in your life in the blink of an eye. And you have no idea how you would react or how you would share it or how you would bring awareness to other people. And it's almost, it almost probably feels like a responsibility that you do share. Yeah. What this is and what is happening to your dad that maybe no one has ever heard of before. Yeah. I want to keep Korsakoff. I, when they said that word to me, I was like, are you even saying words? <laughs> yeah, like a hockey player. <laughs> yeah, I'm like looking at my phone. And making- <laughs> yeah, people don't get it, and I'm glad they don't. I'm. I would never wish anybody in the situation I'm in. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like I'm learning so much, and my mom and dad. People send them these gifts and like b- packages, and they love it. They love that shit. My mom. That's yeah. so nice. Loves the- yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, that's anytime amazing. I get a package, she just shuffles up to me and she'll smile at me. I'll be like, yeah. Oh, like, you're, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. How do you keep? How do you keep your like your romantic relationship, your partner and yours relationship like healthy because you live where you work, and your partner obviously has. A role to play it because she comes home after work and like it's how do you I don't know how do you maintain your relationship outside of this dynamic we spend a lot of time we communicate very well we spend a lot of time also one of our favorite pastimes is laying in bed and chilling and I know that's probably not the most ideal one but it's the one that we have yeah that's what we have that's our vacation away is in this room on that bed with that cat watching TV. Yeah. And I, it has taken a lot. Like I can't even, there have been times where Audrey and I've been like, you know, maybe you need to go, maybe you can go live somewhere else and we can still be together, but I'll live here with them and you don't have to deal with it. And every time she has been like, that is the absolute last thing I want to do. She doesn't want to leave. She wants to be here. She wants to help me. And I think it's really easy to make a relationship work when the other person loves you as much as she loves me and loves my daughter. And she loves my parents. She definitely probably resents them like I do. And I can't even blame her for that. Yeah. Because I don't know. I know if the tables were turned with me and Audrey that I would help her with her parents because she has helped me so much with mine. Mm -hmm. But I can't say that if her parents would have gotten sick first that I would be as involved as she is with mine. Like she is an amazing person. Like these aren't even your parents and she's please, please. So we try really hard, but we just have to take what we can get. No, we don't get to go on weekend trips and no, we don't get to do that, but we will, we'll feed them dinner and then we'll come chill in our room and we'll laugh about it. So we don't cry. Yeah. I'll be like, guess what I did today? Guess what this old man put me through? And she's (laughs) like, I bet I'm sure. And what about your daughter? What's her level of understanding, level of involvement? Like, I think on one hand, what a gift that she gets to see such compassion from her mom and to see 
I think especially in our culture, our North American, we don't often care for our parents. We send them away. They retire somewhere. So yeah, how has it impacted her or how do you talk to her about it? You know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, and like Asian cultures and stuff, they keep their family members with them until they're gone. It would just yeah. be Never obvious. They would just move in so and you would American, just... So American of us to just yeah. put our families <laughs> Yeah. So, I'm part of this. But I... Lillian does obviously not know the full story of everything. Of course. Like with my, especially with my dad, because his is a lot more sad. My mom's was actually like an accident, so... She's she understands more of that, but uh, we've had many sit down talks of Lily. Please tell me how you're feeling. Like anything you feel is okay. Yeah. And I try to make her realize if it's really my dad that makes her the most uncomfortable right now, and I'm like, Papa wants to give you a hug, and you don't want to give him a hug, then don't. Yeah. And if you, if he wants to give you a handshake and you don't, then you don't have to. And I will explain it all to him. I want her to be as like uninvolved as possible. And I want her to be around my dad. And when my mom and dad are in good moods and we're all hanging out doing stuff as a family, absolutely, we're all doing stuff. Lily's there, like I don't keep, my dad loves my daughter and my mom loves my daughter. But I like, when my dad gets angry and starts screaming, like she doesn't, luckily she wasn't there when he did it that one time. And I want her to just be a kid. I just want her to not see it because I don't, her opinion already has changed so much on both of my parents. My mom was her absolute best friend. Um, And when my mom got sick, it crushed Lily. She was like five years old and no, I'm sorry, six years old. And she lost her best friend and her relationship with my mom was never the same. And my mom physically can't make it the same. Like yeah. My mom doesn't like, she doesn't smile. She doesn't laugh. She does sometimes. If you tell a dirty joke, are you talking about some private parts? My mom's going <laughs> to laugh at that. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> Lily handles it with grace, but I already told her that I will gladly pay for therapy when the yeah. time comes. Yeah. And that is just my responsibility for yeah. what has happened. I will pay yeah. for the therapy. Wow. She's a great kid. Like she, she looks after my mom has diabetes. So when my mom tries to sneak stuff, Lily will come and find me and she'll be like, Gaga's eating this. Tell her to let it go. Oh my. It really helps out. And it's really, it's sweet. She wants to help, but I just want her to be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. My God, man. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. yeah. What an important but hard story and journey that you're on. It's, it is hard, but I would say it's more important than anything. And like the way I'm going to feel when all of it's done and whenever my parents pass on, I don't, I won't feel that guilt and I won't mm-hmm. feel that regret of what could I have done to help or be there for them. I'll know that like I did everything I possibly could have and right. I love them and they love me. So yeah. all in all, like, I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. Oh, I love that! Wow, good for you. That's well, amazing. Yeah, I'm Thanks, just, guys. I'm still so blown away that you responded to my message and said no, yes. You're so blown away. <laughs> that was so cool. I know. I just think of us as we're this little tiny Canadian podcast. Like, who are we? We don't know anything, and we just reach out. Like, we what interviewed, we interviewed Call Me Chris when she had just hit a million followers. I saw that video and she, I just saw the other day, she has 44 million. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. 
we messaged her the other day and she's gonna come back on our podcast yes oh my god god. (laughs) so So we're just like this little tiny like we're not viral we're not we're just trying to spread the good word of the message out there for people and I'm going to spread it. I've been telling everybody over here. Oh, I don't know about, so I don't know about you not being viral, but m- one of my videos just hit 2050 people. So give <laughs> <laughs> us little people. Michelle. Us. I'm getting there. <laughs> oh, but that's how I was like, literally I had 208 followers. Yeah. Wow. And as soon as it went viral, I couldn't sleep. I like did not sleep that night. Wow. I was like, it's this crazy. is it. Because then you really do think about that amount of people and like how insane that is to think of. It's millions. You can't even comprehend like millions of people no. seeing your video. Like what? I was, if I put all of my followers, it would have to be more than a football stadium. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. How cool That's is that? So crazy. That's so cool. That's so I crazy. love that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys Hello. so much for asking Thank me you. to be on the show. This was this is amazing, and we will be at the beach when it gets recorded, so we're going to listen. My whole Good. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah, we'll, awesome. We'll tag you in it. If you want to post about it, that's so great. We appreciate it. I will. Yeah, and yeah, we'll have to have you back. You're just so lovely. Yeah, I would love to be back. Maybe Until Audrey. We want Audrey back, okay. too. We want Audrey in here. Yeah, she'll go on the next one. She's yeah. at work right now. Be okay. here any moment. Uh-oh. I'm so excited. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Okay. We'll talk to you really soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You guys too. Y'all have a great rest of your day. You You too. too. Okay. Bye. bye. What are you eating? Mango and raspberries. I hate mango. Why? It tastes like how a flower smells. I find it delicious. I I find it itches my tongue a little bit. I'm not a medical professional, but I think that's a sign that you should not eat it. What I heard was that there's like acid in certain fruits that like end up eating you instead of you eating it that's terrifying (laughs) your oldest kid tried to tell me the other day that if you ate three cherry seeds you would die from cyanide poisoning yeah and i was like that doesn't sound true and they were like yeah it is because they're 13 and everything i googled it and you'd need to eat at least 50 and it would depend if they're ground or whole and it depends on the size of your body to get that much cyanide My favorite part was that you're literally, you were like not having it. You're like, that is not true. No, absolutely not. This kid (laughs) gaslights you at every chance. I'm not going to just let that fly. Oh, I know. My God. We should say, Bailey, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. And we're sending all of our support to you and your parents if you have any extra invitations to your wedding with Audrey, oh my god, I we'll be there. Would not say no to an invitation. I'll just put I, that out there. I would in yeah. fact say yes. I yeah, I would RSVP. Heck yes. Yeah, but seriously, that was so nice meeting her, and I hope we get to chat again. We really need some sort of Patreon shout out music because now I want to give a shout out to our newest ultimate softy. Patreon levels. You, you as me. our amazing editor could add a little bit of our intro music underneath this portion. Like just while I'm reading them out? Yeah. Or like I feel like we need to build up of it. And now we're gonna introduce our new Patreons. And then you like put the music underneath it. Yeah. 
okay. Do I need to do it in like a game show voice? Like I this whatever week, shout feels out good to you. the ultimate softies. We've got Barb. Like I feel like there needs to be music. Jackie. Da 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 da. Like I don't. I can't. And then Liza. Keep going. Keep going. Pew, 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 <laughs> Liza. Charlie. And last but not least, this week, joining the $10 level, Katarina. Like, <laughs> I could insert like a laugh track or a cheer track underneath there it. We, yes. Cheer, clapping. Applause. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. This was the first time, I'm guys, glad we, so I'm glad sorry we about that. that. <laughs> We've now lost That was the evolution our... right there of our how our brains work. It's a We lot. showed you in real time. <laughs> how this goes. How our creative process. Oh, my goodness. All right. We hope that everybody Thank listening you. has a great week. Yes, we do. Thank you. We do. And, and we follow us that... on all of our socials. Oh, yeah. Do that. We're on Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We have TikTok. We have LinkedIn. We have Twitter. We all of it. We're everywhere. Yeah. Doing it. All right. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Hey, bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.